This is The Gathering Church in Windsor, Ontario, and I'm Pastor Garth Lino. Welcome to our podcast. Well, today is Palm Sunday, and it's the day that we celebrate the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem, just days before his crucifixion and Resurrection Sunday on Easter Sunday. Jesus came to rescue the broken. He came to save the lost. He came to reveal the love of the Father for a lost and dying world. Palm Sunday is both a day of preparation for what's to come and also a day of extravagant worship with palm branches and cheering and shouts of Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Lord. Palm Sunday, Good Friday and Easter Sunday all send a powerful message to the hearts of those who are worried and concerned about what this coronavirus is doing to our society and to our economy. So this morning, let me take you to Luke chapter 7. Luke 7 is not a traditional Palm Sunday passage. It's not a traditional Easter passage for sure. But its importance and significance will become clear momentarily. Turn to Luke chapter 7, verse 36, and follow along. Use your Bible or your Bible app at home or wherever you may be. So here we go. We're jumping right into Luke chapter 7, verse 36, jumping right into this story. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that Jesus was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with her, the hair of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. I love this story. I love this story because it portrays the excessive, authentic, and extravagant worship of this woman just days before Jesus is crucified. She connected with Jesus on his way to the cross. And because of that connection with Jesus, she was changed. Her life was changed from from wretchedness to worship. And I'm suggesting to you this morning that we all need to connect with Jesus So many of us are filled with fear and doubt and anxious thoughts over what's happening because of this coronavirus. But the Bible says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, James 4.8. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he's near, Isaiah 55.6. So, as we prepare our hearts and our homes for the Easter season, let's get in touch with Jesus. Let's exercise extravagant worship in these days. In the case of this sinful woman in Luke chapter 7, extravagant worship really rose out of a planned connection. A planned connection. Her meeting with Jesus was not accidental. It wasn't left to chance. It was intentional. And it was planned ahead of time. This notoriously sinful woman learned that Jesus was at the house of Simon, the Pharisee. And she desperately wanted to see Jesus. She wanted to connect with him. But Simon, 
Simon becomes very angry when she crashes the party. We look at Luke 7:39, which says, Now, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw what this woman was doing, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. He's upset. <laughs> He's very, very upset at this woman. But she, on the other hand, is just eager to meet with Jesus. She's eager to know Jesus and experience the, the power and the love of the Savior whom she'd come to know only a short time ago. So she comes into this house and into this party uninvited. Well, who does that? Who crashes a party uninvited? And all of a sudden, she kneels at the feet of Jesus, weeping. She begins to wipe his feet with her hair. She anoints his feet with expensive perfume as a demonstration of her extravagant love and her devotion to the Savior. And then, then Jesus set, looks at Simon and says to Simon, the, the Pharisee who was so upset that this streetwalker had come into his house, Jesus says to him, Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little, loves little. And then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? who even forgives sins. And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Oh, that we would learn to love Jesus the way this woman loved Jesus. She didn't really care what anybody else at the party thought of her. She was determined to express her excessive, extravagant love to Jesus. She was bold and daring and determined as she knelt at his feet, weeping and anointing his feet with ointment. And my point is that she planned to do this. She brought a jar of costly perfume with her. She had, she had to plan this out ahead of time. She was intentional and excessive about her expression of love. And so, friends, during this crisis that we find ourselves in, I think we need to be more, more intentional about showing our love and demonstrating our love to Jesus in our homes. I mean, our, our, our children and our grandchildren are watching us, and now that we have a, a little more time, we're spending a little more time at home, why not use that time wisely? Why not plan ahead of time a short Bible reading and, and maybe some worship music and prayer with your family, with your kids, your grandkids? Don't waste this opportunity to invest in the lives of the people who are around you and in your home. Plan a short scripture reading. 
and use worship music and prayer. You could do it every day, right after, right after dinner. Don't waste the virus. Use this opportunity that God has given us to be more intentional and more planned in our times of worship. The second notable thing about this woman's extravagant worship of Jesus is that it was personal. It was a personal connection with Jesus Christ. She did not approach him in, in ways that others might approach him. Her approach was appropriate for her to express her love for Jesus. She used her, her tears and her hair and her perfume. It was a deeply emotional, demonstrative, and personal association with Jesus Christ in that moment. Now that approach would not have suited Simon, but for her it was worship. That approach to worshiping Jesus wouldn't work for me because I don't have any hair. You and I might not be comfortable with that kind of public display of affection. We're more refined and more conservative in our expression of worship, but her worship was bold and excessive, and some might even say it was extravagant worship. But it was extremely intimate and personal. It was a, a warm and tender moment that she had with her Savior. Do you ever have moments like that? I mean, do, you ever, do you ever take time in, in public or in private to, to just go all out like, like this woman? Just excessive, extravagant worship? Do you ever have moments like that? What might a, a personal, profound, powerful connection with Jesus look like for you? What might that look like? This woman used her hair and her tears. You might use iTunes and a Bible app. I mean, there's no recipe, there's no formula. Just get to God and let God get to you. That's what matters. Thirdly, this woman in Luke 7 also made a, a passionate connection with Jesus. Her experience was not confined or restricted in any way. This is no half-hearted overture. She holds nothing back as she expresses her feelings for the Lord. I mean, she, she, she wet his feet with her tears. And then she took her long hair and wiped his feet dry. And then, and then she, she took this expensive perfume and anointed his feet. She, and she's weeping the entire time. And at this very point in the story, Jesus looks at Simon, this angry Pharisee, and says to him, her sins, her many sins are forgiven. Her sins were great. But God's grace is greater than all her sin. And greater than all of yours. And greater than all of mine. The Pharisees were all about rules and regulations. And Jesus is all about forgiveness and grace. This woman didn't care what anybody thought of her. Her purpose, her goal, her intention, her desire was to connect with God at any cost. How about you? Do you know the grace of God? Have you experienced the forgiveness of God that He brings to those who repent of their sins and trust in Him? 
Are you enthusiastic about your walk with God? Expressive, extravagant worship. Do you know what that's like? If not, what needs to change? Is the coronavirus all you think about, all you read about, all you talk about these days? Folks, we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. We need to look to Him. Set your hearts on things above and not just the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. Let's fix our thoughts and fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and perfecter of our faith who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and now he sits at the right hand of God the Father making intercession for all of us. Let's not waste this opportunity. We need to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. Many of us have a little extra time to do that these days. So use, use the time, thanks to the coronavirus, to make a change in your devotional life, your Bible reading, your prayer life, your, your devotional habits, Spruce them up. Spruce it up a little bit. Invest a little time and energy into your quiet time. Well, the last observation to be made about this woman and her extravagant worship of Jesus is that her connection was a priceless connection. She had brought an alabaster jar with her. It was full of perfume, full of ointments. Now, alabaster was just a, a soft stone that could be could be carved to make, to make uh, vessels like this one used for perfume. And it's highly likely that this was very expensive perfume. It was not uncommon even in, in those days, in ancient days, for women to spend a lot of money on perfume. Estee Lauder, Chanel number no. 5, this was the best of the best, very expensive perfume. And my point is that it, it cost her something. To, to worship Jesus extravagantly. And it usually does. It costs us something too. Maybe not financially, maybe not in dollars and cents, but it will cost us something to lay it all out, to lay down your life as a sacrifice. That's why the Bible calls it a sacrifice of praise. It costs you something to worship God acceptably. But He's worth it. Whatever the cost may be, Jesus is worth it. Amen? The Bible says that Jesus died for the ungodly. That's you and me. He's talk, the Bible's talking about us. We have all been exposed and we've all been infected with the virus called sin. And the sin virus is much worse than the coronavirus because every person on the planet has been infected with the sin virus. But Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came from heaven to earth. He lived a perfect life. He died a perfect death, was buried, and on the third day rose from the dead. And only He can effectively deal with the virus called sin in our lives. And everyone who turns from their sin and everyone who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. So yes, Jesus is worth it. It's a priceless connection that we make with Him by faith. And time and time again, the Bible urges us to bring our very best when we come to worship God. Numbers 18.29, for example, it's just one example. There it says, You must present as the Lord's portion the best of everything given to you. 
He deserves our best. Because our relationship with Jesus is priceless. I mean, you can't buy it, you can't earn it, you can't manufacture it, you can't manipulate it, you don't deserve it. It's a gift. Our relationship, our connection with Jesus is really a gift from God that he gives to us when we respond to his grace by faith. It's a priceless relationship. It comes by grace. And so even, folks, even in the midst of this coronavirus, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, I appeal to you to by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices. Just as Paul appealed to the Romans, I'm appealing to you, listeners on this video or, or on the podcast, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, because he's worth it. While you still have today, surrender your life to him. Surrender your life to Jesus. I mean, who knows what tomorrow will bring? We don't know. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know what impact the coronavirus is going to have on your house or mine in a week or two or three. Who knows? So while we still have today, let's seek the Lord. Let's trust in him. Let's lay down our lives for Jesus Christ, commit ourselves to him in a fresh way, and trust him every day. Worship the Lord with with extravagance and with joy and with hope. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. There it is. Would you pray with me now? Dear Lord Jesus, We need you. We need your love. We need your forgiveness. We need your salvation. And we need hope. Oh God, as we come to you this morning, confessing our sins, placing our trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ, our Lord, I pray that you will appoint many to salvation this morning. I pray that you will hear our prayers. Forgive us for our sins and receive us as sons and daughters of the Most High God. You alone are worthy and we come in faith trusting in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. And we we pray all of these things in Jesus' name. Amen.